Georgia, Georgia, the whole day through, just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. hotel i'm halfway home baby halfway home let's nice. see are you in medford more south ashland ashland oh, nice. shout out ashland yeah ashland go oregon. crazy at southern oregon southern oregon in the hizzy Woo! ashland's nice i do like ashland it would be good to be home you've been on vacation for like Three and a half months. I know. So, <laughs> I literally, dude, I, I told you guys how I had all those bags of dirt and I was filling up the big hole in my front yard. And my mind usually shuts off when you guys talk about yard work. Unless Betty's talking about human shit again. And then, I, then I'm interested. <laughs> no, my dogs are eating it all now. Oh. It's terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, so JP. Anyways, I was just say I've been gone for so long that the my lawn looks absolutely like completely normal. I looked it up on my ring camera, and it's you can't see dirt anywhere. It's fully grown back. So I think it's time to return home. <laughs> that uh, usually is is the sign. If you ha- have a new lawn grown in place of a, a field of dirt, it's probably. Probably time that you've been gone uh, long enough. You need to get back into the into the beaver beaver nation dog i am back in beaver nation i guess you never really beaver nation's a a feeling it's not so much a place there's no defined borders of beaver nation we're all over the place that's right and we're especially all over the place right now um because as i mentioned in our group chat this is a very special occasion this is the 62nd episode of the belligerent beefs podcast Hey, listener. What's up, Beaver fam? Thank you for hanging out with us again. Glad you're here. Always honored to be hanging with you, spending this time with you. The first episode in belligerent Bees history that Oregon State football is also one and oh. We did undefeated, it, Undefeated, you say. Undefeated. <laughs> we undefeated. Jonathan Smith. Stop the count. Off the slide. Stop the count. It's six. Stop the count at six. Six season openers in a row. No more. <laughs> It's done. We exercised those demons and we beat Boise State last night. We're going to get into breaking down the the win. 34-17 Beavers, uh, a game that had many different chapters of of love and and loss and the the thrill of victory and the uh, the idea of the agony of defeat. Never far <laughs> from the mind of any true Beaver fan. Hey. Uh, but a, a roller coaster of emotions that ended victoriously and it feels fucking great it does hell yeah even though i had to get up early this morning you didn't have to i didn't ha- i didn't quite have to but i <laughs> i made i made plans to get up and work out this morning the game ended like almost at 1 a.m central time it was late the, the refs were like hey this is a blowout why don't we really dissect every single call 
and maybe pick up every flag we throw. Oh, someone threw a flag? Let's talk about it for four minutes. The yoke ref wanted his TV time. Let him have it. Yes, the yoke ref was like, I've been doing arms with Tunde on the Peloton app, and I want everyone to see my arms. How can they do that, you ask? Oh, by me announcing shit constantly and then re-announcing that same shit again. <laughs> yeah, he went flag happy in the second half for sure. And, of course, I'm not going to go to sleep the second after. A oh, how could you? Game. You no. I didn't go to sleep for hours after that either. I saw yeah. Ashton was still up liking tweets at like 3 a.m. Eastern. <laughs> shout out, <laughs> shout out Ashton. That's some savage shit, but also that was impressive. Go to sleep. Uh, yeah, I actually, I just, <laughs> I just woke up. I, I just got uh, the game ended eight hours ago here local time. Uh, it is 9 p.m. Central time, and <laughs> it's just, just getting back in the habit. But yeah. We'll get into this, but not, how how are you guys feeling feeling this morning? I feel wrong. I think that's the the best way to say it. I feel wrong. You were. I was wrong. You were wrong. You I'll were admit wrong. it. Yeah, I was wrong. And why you know, do you I'm... hate Oregon State, Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> Harry wasn't being a wet enough blanket. Yeah, I am not the wet blanket of this podcast anymore. Harry was for I... sure <laughs> announcing fifteen and zero national championship run. I had to. Just play devil's advocate for uh, one matchup that made a bit of sense that we could have lost that. And they, I said this on the Twitter spaces, but I was almost close. Like, like the score could my predictive score could have actually happened. Yeah. Well, when you said that on the Twitter spaces, we were winning 24 to nothing. And then like eight seconds later, it was 27, 17. And <laughs> yeah. the sky yeah. was falling on Oregon state Twitter. That's why yeah. I <laughs> I barely checked in. This is why I keep my phone on a charger in the other room during most of the game because it it only makes the viewing experience worse for me. You know what is going to be a million-dollar idea where somehow they're going to be able to connect your Twitter feed and the TV. Or I don't JP, want do that. they have that? I, I will pay a million dollars <laughs> for that <laughs> never to be in reality million ever Million-dollar idea. Million-dollar idea. I don't want that. I like that idea, Benny, because we're getting a million dollars. I hate it. a million dollars from it. Terry out of it. Good yes. idea. I'll give you a million dollars to keep that the hell away from me for the rest of my life. Yeah, I was doing my part in pulling the sky of Beaver Nation down in the third quarter. It was uh, it was scary. But here's the thing. I don't think that JP's prediction was all that crazy. I think Boise State was... Of course was a, it wasn't was, crazy. Was, was a very, it was is, crazy. Is a very, very good team. It was team. not crazy. I just um, like being I, crazy. And yeah, that guy being crazy because you're inspired by our, your co-host, Benny Bedlam, who is named Benny Bedlam because he's crazy. We'll get to <laughs> you, Benny Bedlam, in a minute. But J.P. Yeah. Bertram, at the Trill J on Twitter, at J.P. Bertram on Instagram. J.P., you were the one who uh, predicted a loss. Uh, and I feel like, you know, that's the thing where it's you, you do it because you need to. You got to say that you're not being too much of a homer. That's Benny's job. <laughs> Yep. So just in, uh, we'll get deep into everything, but you know, we got to move the introductory segments along, but just a quick two minutes on overall, how, how you felt uh, on Oregon State football and Jonathan Smith's boys, technically, officially, and accurately proving you wrong. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad they did. I mean, I had no real rationale as to why they would lose this game. All I said was, like, it had nothing to do with the teams, right? It was essentially. 
that Boise State fans thought that they were going to win this game, that there was, it was a no-doubter. And I think they did even for most of the game, even while they were down heavily. But also that Reeser was half done. It was before school started. Benny, you even pointed out, does any other school lose as many students at halftime than, than Oregon State? Yeah, but it we're is. we're proud of the reason why. Yeah, though. I was going to say, like, <laughs> I don't even know how to feel about that. I kind of feel proud of it. So good job, kids. <laughs> But like when this when school's on session and you lose a lot of students at halftime, like it, and you have half a stadium missing, and we'll talk about a lot of this stuff as well. Like, I those are the reasons, and clearly I didn't evaluate talent at all to decide how this game was going to go, <laughs> and I just uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad that they pulled it out. I'm glad that they hung on. I guess, um, and and really, as soon as the game started going, I was I didn't have a doubt in the world about the outcome. I really didn't, and that's what I was most impressed with for for the game. And even as the game went on, I know some people, Benny, thought things were looking a little a little iffy. I just felt like there's no way we're dropping the ball here, not with right. not with how we came out of the gate. That yeah. is, of course, referring to the aforementioned Benny Bedlam because he's crazy. Ooh. Also, ben, Benny Scoops, Benny with the good quaff, Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage, Benny. You predicted a 15-0 and 0 national championship winning season for this second consecutive season. Yep. That projection last year died a devastating death week one uh, on the gridiron at Ross-Aid Memorial Stadium in West Lafayette, uh, Indiana, the, the commonly known as the Paris of, the, of Northwest Indiana, <laughs> uh, of, of the Pacific Northwest of Indiana. Uh, you you get at least another another week out of this uh, this year, and it, things got dicey. But how yep. how are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. Uh, I I mean, go back to even Mike Riley, and I don't think that Oregon State has had a first game of the season playing the caliber of opponent that Boise State is and looked as good as they did, right? Like usually, they, I mean, they've run the score up against mediocre like FBS teams. Um, but when they play someone of the caliber of Boise State, they always have either a close game or they lose. Um, and the fact that they came out swinging as much as they did uh, and looked as good as, I mean, they look, they looked to be the superior team in every facet of the game in, in the first half. And I think the only reason uh, why it was as close as, as it was is uh, the, the unknown variable of a quarterback that is faster than any quarterback I've seen uh, <laughs> play, play the Beavers. And, and I think that that, I mean, that's just such a tough, uh, anomaly to to throw at the defense. Um, but I'm happy. I, Oregon State, their defense is as advertised. Um, I would say maybe better. Yeah. Um, and Chance Nolan proved that he has a fucking great touch on the deep ball now. Um, so you, you definitely saw what you wanted to see with Oregon State. Uh, I actually have... Um, more more hope now that they're going 15 and 0 than I did when I made my prediction. So wow. there you go. Wow. There you go. That's great to hear. Yeah. It's so funny. Like you talk about Taylor Green and I, every time I saw him rushing the ball, I was like uh did, did he did he hand it off to some running back I haven't seen yeah. all game, right? I was just I I thought I missed something every time. Um, well, so did the ESPN cameraman. So yeah, you're not alone. <laughs> but I also want to point out that there, uh, there was a running back. He was probably handing off to at one point through his high school career because 
I did not hear this on the broadcast, but uh, both Taylor Green and Damian Martinez, belligerent beefs athlete, both went to Louisville High School in Louisville, Texas. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe they didn't tie that together. I know they did. They they brought it they up did? on the broadcast last night. Yeah, I did wow. not it hear was it. Super brief. Uh, okay. I think it was. Yeah, it was right after he scored that seventy-three yard touchdown. Oh yeah, I didn't hear that because I was yelling yeah. was <laughs> at the TV. I was <laughs> swiftly pouring another beer, so it was very loud. At, at that point, that was there. That made it twenty-seven ten. I was like, well, yep. he needs he needs to pop two more of those, essentially. So yeah. I was still feeling okay. Then when when they got another touchdown and then had the ball again, I was like, oh, <laughs> here yeah. we go again. But. Overall, I felt I felt good about it. Uh, obviously, a crazy game. You don't really expect the opposing team to pull their four-year starter after <laughs> the end of the first quarter. So, right. Well, I mean, he was pretty garbage. Let's, he was. I, mean, I don't like calling athletes something... garbage, but like his, his his performance was not how you want to start your season out. Not no. how you want to start the season. <laughs> uh, but I would. I think you know that coaches always know personnel but i'm guessing we didn't prep a ton for for, for Taylor green uh this week it's been the last few years of boise state football has been mostly hank bachmeyer and i know they didn't dec- they there is like a whisper of a competition in fall camp for them this year but there was there were no signs that we would see much of Taylor green save for anything going pear-shaped so yeah i wasn't true. Even like with, <laughs> we joked about this on the spaces. And by the way, shout out to everyone who showed up to spaces. That yeah. was fun. Even especially JP who banned Benny by accident. <laughs> Rightfully yeah, so. Served. So many people. Yeah. It was one of those things. I was like trying to keep track because like I've you know I, we try to you know keep uh, diligent records, uh, see how we're doing, and like I just I had to stop uh, checking to see how many people were coming in. Cause I, 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 could, I honestly lost track. I think it was 60, 70 at some point. And I think a lot of that had to do with just Oregon state being up 24, nothing and everyone wanting to bliss out. on. on uh, all I the think altogether vibes. it was like over 120 people joined, but that passed through. Given, Holy shit. But any given well, time it was like 75. Yeah. Right. Nice. Even if you, even if you tuned in for one second and said, fuck these dumbasses, I'm out. <laughs> Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you for spending. Thank you for spending that second on the internet with us. We haven't done like a three, two, one. Thank you in a long time. Should we try one again? Oh my god, we're doing okay. All right, so three. Th- uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go three, two, one, and beat. So th- at, we're saying thank you after the one. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> three, two, one. Thank, thank you. you. What the fuck? What I finished saying what? No, it didn't. Oh, I sound like it worked to so me. I was so early. <laughs> anyway, all right. Thank I, you. It's better. It, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank It's better that it maybe kind of worked and that I swore at you afterwards. That's the vibe of the show. Uh, <laughs> A couple of new people reached out to us. So new listeners, welcome to the show. Uh, JP, is the, is this show starting with Marvin Beaverman singing? Yeah, thank you, Marvin. Amazing. Thank you, yeah. Marvin Beaverman. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that. Georgia is on my mind as well. We're not here to talk about that game, but also I'm just happy that, to That's one of my favorite renditions ever of that Marvin's classic song. Marvin's angelic voice. It is the best version of that classic song. So, yeah, new listeners, us just vibing and, and Marvin 
singing that that's what we're here for that's, that that's is the, the podcast that's hope the, you like the show that's the belligerent beeves, beeves vibe um and jp i also hope you're ready for uh, a variety of five second requests tonight because it's it's higher after wins it's higher after wins there's a lot of songs that you know just carry the vibe of a beaver victory and that's not my fault it is your fault for being on a podcast with me while i request them but I'm, we're not going to get into that now. I'm just giving you the, the forewarning. Fair warning. Fair warning or forewarning? Or both? The, or the fair for The fair forewarning. It's unfair, unforn warning. Well, now it's a forlorn, yeah. now it's a forlorn warning. Or yeah, a forlorning. Forlorningwarning.com. Don't go there. La- I don't know these, what website that is. <laughs> these last 40 seconds is the best podcasting we've ever done on this show. <laughs> all right. Well, we've got all kinds of shit to get into tonight. Once again, Beaver fam, thank you for being here on the 62nd episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. We are thrilled to death uh, about uh, Oregon State football starting the season 1-0 for the first time since 2015. Uh, and we are ready to get into it and just dissect everything uh offense defense special teams we got a few other uh, orders of business to get into for that but uh we got to start with our episode by episode segment it's everyone's favorite segment 100 percent across the board and that is the <laughs> beers <laughs> segment and i, I want to hear from jp traveling man road mm. tripping extraordinaire real jack kerouac of you uh i saw i've already i've seen your beer in your zoom shot a couple of times already and this one. Um, there's it's southern oregon's got mm. uh got a lot to write home about in the craft beer area so i, I it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the route you went but i want to know i want jp please play five seconds if i want to know about joe every time you come around me i get weak Oh, I love this song. That's a great so song. Much. Such a such Can a. Can we do cut. another five seconds of that? Can we do another five? JP, please play five seconds. more seconds of "I Want to Know" by Joe. I want to know. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad to hear all that right. one again. Now that we're all good and horned up by the early <laughs> early aughts. <laughs> what a good era. You guys, I can't decide. I honestly can't decide. I'm, I'm literally drinking two beers right now. And, and oh, that's wow. never happened on the show before. <laughs> because <laughs> two beers, these guys are crazy. <laughs> I gotta drink one for me, one for Benny. That's how it works. Benny, hey, whoa, 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 I got Wait. one. Right, Benny's okay. got one. Did you yeah. reposition your camera? By the way, I, I just did. It. it looks good. I did. I like that. A split wall. Like you see one yeah. wall on one side and then one wall on the other. Way to go. Yeah. Good Thanks. job. Um, it's an audio medium. It's an audio medium. Well, I explained there's one wall on one side and one on the other. So now the listener understands. A podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so, so two beers, JP. Two beers. One of these I'm drinking is, and look at this, and I feel like I should do it again, but JP played five seconds of the Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> intro music. Oh, 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 now I'm so pumped up. Because I'm drinking the Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. Oh, man. I forgot how much I love Stone Cold. Right. And how could you not like Stone Cold Steve yeah. Austin? And now he's got an IPA. you got to love it. And it's about breaking skulls, which I do feel like our defense was doing all over the field last yes. night. So it, I had really to. Were. I actually pocketed this one. 
I paid for it, but I pocketed it waiting for this moment. And it came much earlier than I anticipated because I predicted we'd lose week one. So I am glad to be drinking it today, but then I also have another one. And it's just a, I didn't realize where it's from, but it's kind of funny where it's from. So it's a cold fire brewing company. It's called a Thursday Friday IPA. Except from Idaho. And it does say uh, work, 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 chill, chill, which is kind of like our five-day rolling window of our lives. And I thought that was kind of fitting. But um, unfortunately, it's brewed in Eugene. Oh. Ben drank Ninkasi for like the first 15 <laughs> episodes. Oh, oh yeah. Got- <laughs> Still never heard back from them. I know. They had a chance. You had to, a chance, really, Ninkasi. You dropped it. It took too long again. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Work, work, work. Chill, chill. I, I need chill, chill, chill. Chill, chill. Chill, chill, <laughs> chill. Chill, 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 chill. Work, question mark? Is this count? <laughs> Sleep, chill. Vibe, chill. Mm. Pod, beef. Yoga, beer, chill. Bro, yo, ga, chill. Dot com. Don't go to that website. I don't know what's there. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it when we can finish each other's bits. That's what 62 episodes worth of rapport gets you. Uh, <laughs> Benny. Cel- yes. Celebratory Benny. That's right. Celebrate am... Benny. No, it didn't work. Never mind. No, no, Cut no. That, Celebra. JP. Yeah. Mm, well, there's something there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm drinking again. Not your father's. Uh, not your father's uh, root beer, not IPA, not your father's root beer. Uh, but I feel like it is significant uh, on this day because <laughs> my father, uh, Mr. Joseph Weehage, brought me up as an Oregon State Beaver fan during the 28 straight losing season. Shout out Jerry Pettibone. Uh, I <laughs> um, was able to enjoy this victory with my dad last night. We were texting back and forth and it's always fun to be able to do that uh after the shared misery that was oregon state football between the 80s and the 90s so um it's fitting and it's uh it's it's pretty good if you like root beer i like that i love root beer someday someone's gonna drink a not your dad's ipa and it's probably going to be the mini bebe drinking like a quadruple a quadruple double ipa and he's like those wimps drank double ipas back when my dad (laughs) was younger ish (laughs) <laughs> uh, a quadruple IPA would just be like a quadruple just like IPA. pop sludge. That's <laughs> quadruple double IPA. They serve those at the penthouse penthouse. <laughs> um, I have a beer tonight that wait, Terry, tell us about your beer tonight. Uh, yeah. Come on, Terry. I literally started with, I have a beer. Oh, tonight. your, your internet's That's delayed. Special. I'm kidding. Just go. I'm messing with you. <laughs> with the type of recording issues we had last week, that is not a funny joke. <laughs> I was ready to throw my headphones across the screen again. No, so no. I missed those days. <laughs> so that no. Benny or JP could lose $10 on yeah. how, how much rage they Anyways, I have um, a beer tonight that's special for a lot of reasons. JP, for you, my friend, it is a double IPA. I think it's nice. the first time I've had a straight up double IPA. I think uh, so. On the show. Wow. In honor. Welcome to the club. Of in honor of all the three and outs our defense forced last night, of all the the big mm. hits and all the time they 
uh, told Boise State to just, you know, get off the field, sit your ass down. Mm -hmm. This double IPA is called Sit Your Ass Down. Oh! In in honor, in honor of our defense. There's a third honor here. So I'm honoring JP. I'm honoring the Oregon State defense. I'm also honoring the newest belligerent BU's athlete from the women's soccer team, McKenna Martinez. And her ability to score goals from everywhere, which she did again today from like 35,000 yards outside the box. Uh, Women's soccer took their first L of the season. That's unfortunate. It's two to one. But another incredible goal from McKenna. Uh, Coach Sinicola told me in a conversation earlier this season about McKenna's ability to score goals against the grain is second to none and part of what makes her such a special player. This is against the grain brewing company. Oh my god, this is just nice. So but there's one more honor. No, <laughs> no, there's not. We there's one more. A dude who reached out to us on Twitter last night, which these are the moments that make all of this worthwhile. I said, my first Beaver game as a Beaver fan. Love the pod. Keep it up. I'm not reading this DM word for word because I'm not logged into the Bebe's account right now. I'm logged into my account. But one of our newest followers, newest listeners on Twitter, Cranjus McBasketball, which great Twitter handle. Real uh, name. At, at Ka is Law, uh, a racing Louisville supporter since day one. Shout out racing Louisville and community owned uh, sports teams mm. everywhere. Yeah. Against the grain brewing is in Louisville, Kentucky, the home of Muhammad Ali. Shout out Muhammad Ali. Wow. That's the fifth honor. Double IPA, sit your ass down. I will have my first sip of it ever right now. Oh, Ooh. and home gosh. of the Louisville Slugger. And we were slugging Boise State last night. There's a fourth oh, for you. Or as we call her in my office, the Louisville Smuggler. <laughs> JP, please play five minutes of the movie Super Troopers. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I am really happy that this beer turned out to be fantastic because it would have been really bad if I... <laughs> Gave out all those honors and it turned out to be dog shit. This is good. Holy well, fuck. Oh, that's good. You did, you know, good. you could have just lied too. I don't I'm think anyone would you. care, but I I am happy no. for you too. This I'm is happy. the this podcast is the last remaining form of pure, transparent, and real Truth. content. It is, yeah. In the dumpster fire of the internet. If we We're lie here about our beers, JP, what else do we have? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, y'all, though that is the beer segment, and this is the first beer segment we've ever gotten to do with an undefeated football team on this show. I mean, it that's a low bar because it's been our, it's just our second football season. But I hope uh, to do many more undefeated toasts with y'all next week. So with that, maybe cheers. next week. Cheers so to us and to Oregon State football and to everyone in the Beaver Fam. Cheers! Slancha. Yay! Mm-hmm. Ah, salute. Um, I don't know that also drinking wine while drinking this double IPA is a good call. Oh, it's a great uh, call. Anyway, You'll be great fine. call. Um, like we mentioned, uh, women's soccer lost today. Unfortunately, men's soccer also lost to Seton Hall. So I think it's when we write about soccer. Should I stop writing about soccer? <laughs> Just kidding. You jinxing us? No, guess, no, 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 no. These are great, compelling rough. stories. Just rough. Women's soccer did win. Women's soccer did win. Uh, they beat Boise State on Thursday night. Yeah. It's a bad week for Boise State. 
I'm going to blame the ref in the football game for the soccer losses, because <laughs> if it's if it's the athletic department that I think it is, uh, then fair. the soccer That's teams fair. are cheering for the football team and the football team's cheering for the soccer team. And it went late. So they were up late last night. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, they'll they'll turn. It's, it's the first fucking loss for the women's team. And yeah. I have all the faith in the world that Terry Boss will get the men's team uh, turned around. Just lots lost a lot of players from last year. So, yeah, they did. Just but uh, Luis Castillo, the uh, young goalkeeper, has looked fantastic between the pipes for uh, Terry Boss's team. So good on that. Uh, we do need to. This is the first uh, episode we've had where we can formally talk about women's soccer striker McKenna Martinez as an official belligerent Beavs athlete. Her goal today, six in six games, uh, is six goals in six games good? You guys, I, I have a feeling that's fairly. <laughs> Okay. I think it's pretty good. And all of them should be worth like two. It's, they it's need a, a very bangers only mentality. <laughs> I that propose just, that, a that sounds very much like do, American who came to soccer for the first time as a 35 year old who's like, it's not high scoring enough. <laughs> yeah. You just defined me to a T. But also, McKenna's goals are special. If McKenna, like, Sports Center could do, put all six in the top 10 of the last month, and it still wouldn't be justice enough. I mean, you're right. It is, I wouldn't say that's an over-embellishment. The goals that she's been scoring are <laughs> unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make them worth Number two. 19. That's going to be worth two. Make them worth two. That's going to be a new T-shirt. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. All right. Well, let's get back to uh, the, the, positive, the positive vibes, y'all. And that is the football team. Winning a, winning a season opener was uh, one of the remaining milestones for Jonathan Smith. I know it's not the highest milestone or the highest bar to clear, but when he took over a program that we all can be in agreement was in a pretty dark place ahead of the 2018 football season, you know, it's not, you're not going to build Rome in a day. You got to get these each little monkeys off your back one at a time when you can do it. It took, uh, you know, four full seasons and then the first game of a fifth to uh, win a season opener and finally look at the standings and be like, Want to know us? We did it. So vibes got to be immaculate right now, even though there were uh, some lows in the game last night. There is a lot left to be desired uh, in different instances on both sides of the ball. But we'll focus on those a little bit later in this segment. Right now, if you're Jonathan Smith, you have to feel great. If you're Beaver Nation, you got to feel great. We're here. 34-17 win and a half uh, done stadium uh, at home against the Boise State team that's been a thorn in your side. Uh, I know the naysayers right now are saying this Boise State team sucks. It's nowhere close to the Boise of old. And I'm like, they have like two dudes on defense who are projected number one, number two picks in the NFL next season. I, number I don't one, know number that- two? Not number one, number two overall, but first and second round. Sorry. Well, let's. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna erase no, that. Sorry last about that. I, I, I'm gonna yeah, go with please, the please. number one. No, number one, number and two it, overall. Uh, I think. Yeah, the boys are talking about the truth. The top eleven picks. Uh, it may. It may. It may not be the uh, Statue of Liberty, Jared Zabransky to Ian Johnson, Boise State. But I, until I see uh, them c- continue to have you know ten more losses like this, I'm not gonna believe this Boise State team sucks. I think Andy Avalos is a good coach. I think there's a lot of talent on that team. And I do think last night was a bit of a weird game. But I think we got to start on the defensive side of the ball, you guys. 
Um, and Benny, I want to start with you because you have probably been the most enthusiastic about memories of past Beaver defenses that just, <laughs> I, I have a coffee tables book worth of text from you about how much you love Keenan Lewis and Richard Siegler <laughs> and just dudes who don't give a fuck and play great defense. And there is so many, I think if I had to do a player of the game, I think I'd totally cheat and just give it to the front seven, but just your your overall thoughts uh, on that defensive performance last night and how you're thinking on it now almost uh, 24 hours after the game kicked off. Yeah, I think you made a, a really good point. The front seven, which I would say is uh, going into the season, was probably uh, where analysts were saying is the weak spot for Oregon State, uh, both like offense and defense. Um, and they shut the run down immediately Boise State did not have a running game other than having a mobile quarterback which is uh, sort of an anomaly but um the front seven was truly amazing and I think that spells uh you know better things for Oregon State in their future than what we saw from the secondary and what we saw from the secondary was absolutely incredible uh shout out to Jaden Grant uh interception fumble recovery uh, I think two pass, two big pass deflections. Um, he had a hell of a game. Uh, I thought Alex Austin had a hell of a game. Um, the the interception by Rajon was absolutely incredible yes. in the first quarter. Um, so what I felt like you can say coming out of that game is we have two absolute shutdown corners, which is something that Oregon State hasn't had since maybe the Fiesta Bowl season, I'm sure I'm missing something in there, but um, I mean, to, having two shutdown corners is huge. And I think that goes um, sort of under the radar of how truly massive that is. Um, having two other members of the secondary uh, being able to, to just be sort of that center fielder and not allow anything deep is also really big. Um, Boise State had no passing game. And I think what my takeaway from the defense is this is if you have a quarterback that sits back in the pocket good fucking luck against yeah. the defense it's gonna be finally. really hard to move the ball um yeah i mean and, and exactly like finally <laughs> finally yeah um it's been a long time coming uh but this is what i mean they don't say that offense wins game defense wins championships for no reason you have to have a good defense as a foundation of of a good team and we have that um it was it beat my expectations and like you said terry i feel like i've i've been beating the drum of the defense uh since we've been hearing of the you know little bits of news coming out of uh, spring and fall camp um but they are better than advertised i think it you can't necessarily say that after one game but they showed a lot in that first game it, it they didn't have five takeaways until the fourth quarter of the third game last year, they had five takeaways last night, four in the first half. So um, yeah, absolutely. As, as good as advertised, I think. Can I, sorry, JP, I don't want to interrupt, but no, go ahead. Just everything you say in Benny has me wanting to say what I think might be perceived as a hot take, but I, the more I'm thinking about, it, I don't think it's a hot take. And that is, are we not sure that the defense played Taylor green pretty damn well? Like, a, a mobile quarterback you haven't game planned for comes in and yep. I get everyone's heart sinks. Yep. And I remember even like the, the, when things started to get hairy and we had, a, we started to have a lot of penalties yep. and things were going sloppier. 
And I was like, I'm not going to really fear until this guy makes a throw on us. Mm -hmm. And while he had some nice throws, there was never a single throw where I was like, oh, he's playing ball now. And even even with I'm not going to do that thing where it's like, if you take out the 74 yard touchdown run, then it's because that's dumb. That was part of everything uh, that Mm -hmm. he did. And that like he ended up having a, a great game, but it was. 102 yards overall rushing and that kind of just was their strategy yeah like he was getting some like he was moving the ball a little bit but it's not like they were moving the chains and i feel like our defense with a couple hiccups but like kind of seamlessly was just like oh they put the guy who can run in now we're going to do this 100 and i think like the sign of a good defense isn't necessarily shutting down every single play right. it's being able to adjust and if you look right. like when he first came in was when he did the most damage um i don't think they scored in their last two drives of the game um they had that but, missed field goal after they, they got some yards on and then missed the field goal but right. but even on the 73 yard run that was that was a breakdown of the pocket we got a ton of pressure on him. Right. I mean, I was like, I was yelling for a, like, get him, get him back for the sack. Um, yeah, I thought we and had he sort of scrambled yeah. out of it. So I, I mean, there's going to be some plays that are just really good plays by the offense. And I think that was one of them. There wasn't really a missed assignment yeah. or anything on that play. Yeah. I mean, it's, circum- it's circumstantial, right? Like when you get a guy who can make plays on his feet and he sees the defense breaking down and he's got enough time to go and, and, you know, purvey the field and see where, where am I going next, right? If I don't have a, a throw, where are my feet going to take me? And that's it, that's been – both of those things have been a problem for Oregon State for a long time because, one, we've never had pressure on the quarterback for, for half a decade or more. And yeah. that's given them a lot of time to see, is anything developing? No. Well, I'm mobile, and they still can't catch me, so I'm going to take off and get 20, 15, 20, 25 with no problem because the field's so spaced out. And so what I loved about last night, and you alluded to, Benny, was like the uh, the secondary play was incredible, but I think it was, it was exceptional because of the pressure and the movement that we were putting on the offensive line and, what, and this, the activity in general for the, the linebackers and defensive line that we haven't seen in a long time. And I think that's a testament to Trent Bray. It's a testament to the, the, the guys – who are buying in and not kind of playing lazy defense, the preventive defense, which is what uh, we had early last season was just, it was a bend don't break instead of just like an attack and crush their skulls. Like my beer. I, yeah. I so cold. <laughs> right. So I, I mean, I got to shout out like Riley Sharp looked great. And these are guys Sharp, who had like Sharp was great. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, yes. they had minimal, they had minimal box score lines, but I think they, they, they looked right. great. And I, and Andrew Chatfield, I think that he also came in there and There's, made a presence of himself, which is what we haven't had in a very long time. I'm also seeing box scores that aren't giving us credit for any sacks. Uh, college reference is different. It has us credit for two sacks, but one, one was when Bachmeyer fumbled. Fumbled, yeah. Which he didn't he didn't go to the ground, but quarterback fumbles like that's that's a sack. <laughs> the, yeah. Now, uh, college reference has that uh, uh, attributed to Sharpie Riley Sharp. Yeah. Um, and then late in the game, Ryan Cooper Jr. comes on a blitz, and I love the way that they used him, uh, even though he would, didn't get a ton of snaps. Uh, and he's not sort of in that, uh, you know, the main three of Austin, Wright, and Grant. But he played – I thought Cooper played really well. He blitzed 
through the either the A gap or the B gap somewhere in the middle of the line got through and got green down for like a loss of four or something. And that isn't being credited as a sack in most places, mm. which is weird. I think green tucked it and tried to run. And there's also another play, I think in the second quarter where green scrambled and ran out of bounds, for like a loss of four, right? The NF in the NFL, that's credited as a team sack uh, in college. I, it may not be, you won't hear me say this sentence very often on the show, but the way the NFL does it is right. <laughs> if, a, if a quarterback is stopped with the ball behind the line of scrimmage, with the exception of a kneel down, it should be credited as, as a sack. So I know sacks aren't the only thing that indicates pressure, but I will say the front seven, Sharp, you mentioned a lot. I think John McCartan is a hell of a football player and had yes. a really good game as well. Yeah. They were getting pressure, and by my estimation, there should be three sacks in the box score. And if you're a Beaver fan worried about the front seven and getting pressure on the quarterback, and you just want to sleep better at night, when you see three sacks in that box score, you sleep a lot better than when you see zero. So, well, yeah, 100. And, and I would say to JP's point about, um, uh, knocking the quarterback out and, and getting pressure that we haven't seen um, in, a, in a really long time is like, if you're a defense, you have a couple like key goals to the game. And one of them, I would say exclusively for every defense is making the other quarterback feel uncomfortable as hell. And I, Trent, you saw this last year too, like Trent, when Trent Bray took over, uh, our defense was trying to make the quarterback feel uncomfortable. He's trying to blitz in different ways. And I agree, like the way that he was using our corners on, on coming in, there were a couple corner blitzes from like the corner position too, yeah. but they made Bachmeyer feel very uncomfortable. And I think green too, like he didn't look like he was ready to hang out in the pocket for very long. No. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, Green's, that's a testament. Green's strategy essentially seemed to be take the snap do wait two, three yeah. step drop make it seem like and then as the rush comes attack those uh the spaces right that show up but and, and to his credit like that was able to work and that's just a mm -hmm. natural thing with like defenses and it, it certainly seemed once uh we settled in to playing defense on green then bachmeyer guys started seeming to like rush a spot more so than rush the man with Bachmeyer, yeah. you know, he's probably not going to be with his feet. You can just fly towards where you think the quarterback's going to be. I yeah. thought we got, I thought our contain got better uh, throughout the course of the game. Um, Kyrie Fisher Morris made a ton of great tackles. Yeah. Um, it was, it was also hard to see who was doing everything. Cause anytime they tried to run the ball um, with, with any of their running backs and th th they were bullish on this uh, running game. Um, going into the game with, uh, you know, Ashton Genty and George Halani, uh, Genty had sort of a, a, a spring similar to Damian Martinez for us, where just the Boise state fans saw him. He was electrifying in the spring game and couldn't, couldn't wait to see him on the field. And it was just like four or five black shirts met them at the line of Everywhere. scrimmage yeah. every mm -hmm. single time. And the, that continued when green was on the field too. So it's just, I don't think you can say enough, uh, about anyone on the defense and goddamn, I'm, I'm so happy that it did sort of seem to be the Jaden Grant night uh, just for him to have that moment with everything he's been through with this program, with how long he's been around. Yeah. Uh, but him coming back is, is such a coup uh, for, for this defense. And uh, I'm just, you know, he, he, the last holdover from he who must not be named. Uh, he's so also cool been at Oregon state longer than both Benny and I were. <laughs> oh, 
There's someone. <laughs> don't shout don't out put it. Put it. Don't put a negative context on that. <laughs> no, well, I'm glad I was there for as long as I was. Yeah, I'm telling him. He, this is a milestone achievement. I know, for him. I know, I know, I know. That that makes him an honorary baby in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but did you guys get the feeling because Oregon State has has had success on the offensive side of the ball, even when we had those sort of crappy seasons? I mean, last year we didn't have a crappy season, but our offense was offense one of the best the in the conference. Yeah. Right. But it like, man, I don't know. There's just something about having a good defense that makes me just so excited for game day. I was on a different and I level. was more nervous as the game wore, wore on. I'm just like, all right, what is the step by step way to just end this and win the game? Mm-hmm. When the defense was on the field, I wasn't worried at all. It was no. when the offense was on the field. And I was like, are we gonna do something that ruins the field position? Um, so I just like I just stopped worrying when the defense was on the field, and I know we're gonna play some great offenses this year. Uh, I don't want to uh, get ahead of ourselves. We got a tough game in the Valley coming up against Fresno State. Yeah, but I have never. I don't think I've ever felt that comfortable with an Oregon State defense on the field, save for the 2008 Sun Bowl with the wind blowing 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah, we good. Yeah, no. I, I I agree. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, we definitely, um, it was like a boxing match, right? Like, we, we took a couple punches, uh, but winning teams, good teams, teams that win conference championships, if you will, uh, find a way to win. And Alex Austin found a way to yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> you, you find you find a, you Four, find a way to win. Fourteen more. Fourteen more. You find a way to win, right? Fourteen and they, more. They were they were they were punching at us. They were they found uh, a game plan that yielded some success, but you shut the door on that, and yeah. um and and we did, and that's a sign of a really good defense too. Because I w- I don't know what you guys would say, but going into half twenty four zero, and I think you saw this on the spaces man, we were feeling pretty confident and you have to, you have right. to think the team was feeling pretty confident. So you sort of take your foot off the gas and to be able to put your foot back on the gas is close to impossible. And exactly. they were able to do it. So JP one, one more minute gush about someone on the defense who we haven't gushed about yet. All right. This is a transition person. Then it's Jack Coletto. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> nice. it, I mean, he was playing everywhere on both sides of the ball, including leading the team in rushing. So we can transition onto the offensive side, but I think that Jack Coletto deserves recognition on the defense as well. Did you catch when Kirk Morrison on the broadcast was like, one might call him a jack of all trades. Yes. <laughs> a jack of yes. all trades, if you will. I, I Actually, I thought the broadcast team did, did a great job last night. Uh uh, Beth, Beth Kirk and Stormy, I thought were great. And even it's always like the clear, not ESPN <clears throat> a team is so much better <laughs> than who ESPN perceives to be the a team. You could tell that they had done their homework. Uh, so uh, prop props to those three. Um, I didn't know this bit that one of the grad assistants is sort of dedicated to making sure that Coletto is like on the sideline. He's like making sure that, there's like Coletto's up to speed in every moment where he might go into the game because Coletto does play three phases. And I think that's a really smart use of staffing from, from Jonathan Smith, <laughs> just to make sure that like, they're, they're, it's sort of like a, it's like a Coletto coordinator almost. But don't you think that Jack Coletto could handle that himself? He can do everything yeah. else. 
the fourth facet. Well, coaching. yeah, he's he's building Research <laughs> Stadium by himself right now. He'll be out there until sunrise, making sure the West Side looks good. Uh, but I, I think I mean we we should all be in the business of making Jack Coletto's life uh, any any bit e- easier. And obviously, Agreed. he is he, is a he makes ours easier. And uh, on, yes. and more on fun. the defensive, <laughs> exactly. Um, I do think Jackhammer is a better nickname than uh, than Jack of all trades. But also, Way. of course, with the the forty one euro uh, forty one yard haymaking touchdown to uh, seal the deal, also had one of the fumble recoveries on defense. So just yep. all in a day's work for uh, Jack Coletto. But it, and it was appropriate too that I was like, guys, we got to put the nail in this and. Uh, then Take the a jack jackhammer to it. Just like that Arizona State run last week, because I was like, I think it was third and two. I was like, give it to fucking Coletto. Stop being fucking cheap here. <laughs> Just get the first down. Keep melting the clock. And it's, I love those Coletto runs because you know he is like, he's. I'm getting the first down. It doesn't need to be a home run. I'm taking this first down. Yeah. But obviously, if the space is there, so you can kind of see it in the way he runs. He is a fast guy. Like I yeah. hate it when there's players like this and like we treat them like they don't have speed. You know, he ran away from the defense and scored. Jack Coletto is fast. Maybe that's our next T-shirt. Is just Jack Coletto also fast? Um, but you can see him get to that level where he's like he has the four yards needed, and it's just like, oh shit, I haven't been hit yet. All right, like let's just keep going. Yeah. Fuck it, score the legs. touchdown, yeah. win the game. Uh, and I can just I can just hear you know old school dudes from generations past just looking at him play and going lunch pail type of guy and <laughs> it just puts a smile on my face so he's I, like what would happen if you put mike allstott at the quarterback position right yeah. that's who he reminds me of yeah yeah um one uh, one other just sort of anecdote uh alton julian didn't play Playing. last night yeah right but he was, so he, was, he, was he was dressed and listed as questionable Right, right, right. right. Uh, from what I heard, I think uh, Dash will put it out that uh, he's probably not going to play until the SC game. Um, okay. But that brings Why not? a yeah. whole other element to the defense, too. So we have even Ooh. more reserves on the way. It's exciting. <laughs> I like that. Absolutely. I like I like Absolutely. holding him out, too. Why rush it? Yeah. Agreed. Not, yeah. not with how the defense you... is playing yesterday. I mean, if they looked right. miserable yesterday – then, right. then, then the fans are right. clamoring for him to come back, and they're like, "Where's Julian?" And like, yeah, it yeah. makes the coaching staff look bad. They list him as questionable, but he and he's suited, but he didn't play. And right. now they're like, "Oh, well, now he's out till the USC right. game." I yeah. think it does help that uh, they won the game in the in the fashion that they did. Yeah, right. and I think Indeed. Hodgins was used pretty sparingly too. Uh, yeah. Before before we go full offense, I just I'll, I'll, I want to Joe Golden and Simon Sandberg, the big guys in the middle. I thought created just a, a lot of uh, rush opportunities and mucked things up in there. In just a way, we were all watching them closely. I think the camera angle, okay. which is something I think we'll get into at the end. But the camera angle, it was closer to the trenches because it was yeah. clo- it was just close underneath. It was underneath. It, yeah. I'm not snap. Yeah. It's like I know the stadium's under construction. Things are different. I wasn't like. Like we pay these guys X amount of dollars, ESPN. I was just like, oh, like it's a little bit closer. I'll need to adjust. But there is clearly, I think that may have been the reason the cameraman got a little. How much out money at times. are you paying ESPN? Clearly not enough. I'm not paying shit. I'm talking about <laughs> general about complaints. TV. I hear from curmudgeons. 
about stuff. And I wasn't watching this one on Fubu, Fubo, Fubu, Fubu TV is my preferred <laughs> <Yeah>. network. Yeah, <laughs> um, Fubu TV with LL Cool J oh. doing the play by play. That'd be fucking oh, be so awesome. Good. That's that'd a million sick. dollar idea. That's Woo. a billion dollar idea. Whoa. Yeah. James, LL, let's let's do it. Fubu um, TV could have Twitter attached to it. No, why are you trying to ruin every good thing? Come on, they could. <laughs> Twitter is uh, anyway. I just felt I felt like I had a better view of the defensive line anyway, and I was like, you know, that's the that we've position group that we've been worried about. All of them have been fantastic. TV. Jack Coletto, Fubu. <laughs> The 05 jerseys. Come on, man. 05, not the best season to be ever football. So maybe we'll just put that one to bed. Hey. Jack Coletto. Also, we need we can't talk about the offense without mentioning the appearance of the great white buffalo. Something we were told did not exist. Ooh. But wow. it is now apparent that it does. Of course, I'm saying that Chance Nolan has a fucking silky deep ball, baby. No. And I think the narrative about this game is completely different if Treshawn Harrison holds on to that surefire touchdown in the yeah. first quarter. Yeah, We're not going to pile on Treshawn. He had a – well, the second one wasn't a uh, touchdown. It wasn't a deep but ball, it was, but it was a, right. a nice ball. It was a good throw. Right. There's a it couple was. drops. Tajon had one, um, but Tajon also made Two. a great play. Um, there was So they weren't doing – and Chance did not play a perfect game by any means. But he clearly leveled up in all We worked on what he needed to. Across, I think that's, across that's a the huge ISS improvement. And looked like – I know there, the game got frustrating late, but, like, he was clearly having fun out there. And that 72-yarder to Gould was just – Ooh. And – now we're all just, you know, visions of sugar plums dancing in our heads of what Jonathan Smith can do with this offense if they all stay healthy with this deep ball that everyone's just like, I don't know, chances the guys like him, but he can't put it downfield. Chance had so okay, let's talk about this. Cause Chance had the pass to that's, by the way, that's not what I was saying. That's what haters were saying. And I was right. just impersonating the haters. I and, love chance. Right. Yeah. But chance so chance had the the drop by Harrison. He had uh, the the dime to Gould, but he also had the dime to Lindsay and the dime yes. to Musgrave. Yeah. Right. So like, oh, man, his deep ball went from if you're talking like Madden numbers, right? Chance's deep ball was at like a 58 last year. It was just like he just, he just didn't throw it because it wasn't good. It looked like a 90 last night. Yeah. Like it just looked absolutely incredible. Just dropping seeds. It was beautiful. Oh, God. Yeah. No kidding. It, two things stuck out to me about Chance. Um, obviously, like his deep ball has, has been much improved, um, but his decision making has been much improved too. Remember how quickly he would get out of the pocket? Like well, he yes. would try, right? He would try to like dance around. Like he never looked comfortable in the pocket. And he was back there and there were defensive tackles that were like three feet away from him being blocked. And he was just cool, calm and collected going through his progressions. Um, he did hit Musgrave on a couple passes where he looked like the, the first option, but there were several where he was like the check down. And the, yep. I, I would say chance made one mistake. The one mistake was where I think the he was, throw. He, yeah, the, he was trying, I think he was trying foot. to throw it out of bounds. He was trying yeah. to throw it out of bounds. Yeah, but like that was the only mistake. That was the only mistake. I'm in a yeah. total I was, agreement. I'd say he got lucky, not lucky because it was the right call, but 
that pump fake where he oh. ended up accidentally letting go of it. Yeah. The tuck roll. It was. It was. Um, I did uh, to spin a positive on that, though, which was a <laughs> devastating sequence. And then we also need to speak to the potential quarterback controversy of a uh, certain Ooh. wide receiver who we will mention. But once we mention his name, it will create all kinds of distractions. So we're going to be no longer a wide receiver at that point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but when that whole sequence went pear-shaped after the points came off the board and we got the ball first and goal on the two, and then all of a sudden we may have lost the ball, but then they uh, say it's an incomplete pass accurately. But you could tell Chance right away. He went over the sideline during that review, and you could just see that like no one really went up to him. He just he kind of just like shook his head. He slapped his helmet once and was just like, like I know. Like, I know. I know exactly what I did there. I know exactly what happened. And I like what, if this was Lindgren or, or Smith, whatever, where that whole sequence was just not going the way we wanted to. They just called that fake. And I don't know if this was a run pass option or not, but Chance faked to low, I believe, who's in at the time, curled around, ran for 15. Then yeah. I think we, then we threw one more incomplete in the end zone, and then he ran for five more got Everett a much better look at the kick and it went from 20 it was 20 it was close we thought it was 31 to 3 then it was back to 24 to 3 then it was maybe a turnover in 24 to 3 then it was <laughs> let's get some yards back run a little bit off the clock make it 27 3 so i thought that yeah. was very much like calm the fuck down yeah we're fine and yeah also shows like I'm not, we're not going to run him like like Taylor and Green, but also like Chance can make things happen with his yeah. legs. So I'm glad he put that on tape. So every opponent going forward is going to think about it. And then also, yeah, like if we need six and we need to throw something at the defense that we haven't thrown at him yet, trying to run Chance wide is a very viable option. I have a couple thoughts though, and so one is, and it's addressing what both of you have said. One of them is that Chance looked more comfortable in the pocket. He didn't just take off. And also when he took off, it worked out fairly well. And I think we were forgetting that last year, the beginning of the season, he was running the ball quite a bit. Yeah. And, and, and by design. And I think once they realized, like, well, hey, he is actually somebody that we can rely on to throw the ball as well. We don't want to put him in those situations. They stopped calling those plays. And then he stopped running. And then... He looked skittish in the pocket because he hadn't. He it's almost like he was trying to not run because he was like, "I need yeah. to make the throw." The coaches want me to make the throw, so there were there were times where people thought, "Hey, Chance can move too." And so this is like a new, new relevation of like, "Oh, this guy's got some wheels." And I'm not saying right. he's like this speed demon by any means, but he can find the hole in the open field and he can make the he can go for ten, he can go for eight, he can get the first down if he needs to. But I think it's almost like he had some reassurance now, like we're not going to make you run the ball. We're going to let – because we've seen how you've developed your arm that you can throw. We're calling plays for you to throw. But if you need this like safety net, it's there. And we know it's there. We watched you do it before. When it wasn't the safety net, that was the only, that was the only way we were going marching downfield. So right. I, I do think that that is a really, really good point to, to, to talk about is – he still can move, and if he shows defenses he can do that, they're not going to just be able to just attack the pocket and crowd him because he can slip through and, and, and make a break. The other one is from, from earlier, though, Benny, what you had mentioned is 
what is Jonathan Smith going to do with all these guys? And we we kind of alluded to this last year. Maybe hopefully we did about like the wide receiver room, especially. But the wide receiver room is probably, especially with the tight ends, just as if not more talented than last year. Yeah. And now we've got a very deep running back room to match. So I I'm excited to see what Jonathan Smith does. And if you look at the play calling and the substitution patterns from yesterday. He gave everyone fairly di- even distribution. Really, I, I know. I, I know Musgrave got a lot of those receptions, but like you said, he was kind of the checkdown guy. It wasn't like they were all these calls for him solely, but he was just the guy who you know you need all reliable at some point. You just got to throw the ball up to the big guy and hope he can make the catch. So, I, it, it's going to be impressive to see how they utilize all of this. I mean, it, like. Damian had 11 carries, 40 yards. Of course, a lot of that, a lot of those touches came later in the game when in, we were just trying to probably run clock. Uh, Fenwick, besides the fumble, I thought he looked actually fairly good as a as yeah. a feature back. He looked he looked stronger than he did last. He year. did look he a lot stronger, stronger last, year. last year. Like it looks like he's uh, he's uh, a bit buffer than yep. than a year ago. I mean, like the Trey Low, like I. It was actually surprising me. We can maybe talk about this another time, but like it, it did surprise me that he was listed as like the or back for the starter role. Right. Same. Because he isn't really a traditional back, and I know he was right. running back in high school. You know, he loves playing running back, and he is a great running back. But like in this offense, and this and with for this team, he's a much better like dump ball guy. Right. Like get him out in the flat and like give him some open field, let him run. And I, I thought he still played. He ran at the middle and still got some big gains I, as well. So yeah. I thought he looked the most comfortable out there of any of the non In his role, especially, yeah. It's, especially later him. in the game, he was getting some of those more up-the-middle things, and we were more successful on third down with him. Third down is you know, one of the issues that Smith is going <laughs> to focus on a lot. It's an important week. down. Um, it's pretty pretty important. You know, you got you to gotta <laughs> do it. Um, and But later, I, th- I think after – go being like one for 10 on third down we nailed three straight and i think uh low had at least two of them yeah and i thought he was just sort of doing little runs yeah um just getting it was one cut get the first down and he was just being really efficient that way so uh he's also one of the more experienced backs um at Fenwick, just veterans in last general, year. Yeah. but yeah, just veterans in general but yeah i think uh i i think we're in in good hands i think it'll be we'll we'll see how the next few games go uh Luke Musgrave is a genuinely is a genuine threat for the Mackey Award. So if he keeps having like that kind of season, I think uh, we might. I, I think it's a good game plan to look Musgrave early. That opens yeah. things up for guys out wide, uh, and then you'll obviously let the game sort of dictate which weapons you you utilize the most. But the the thing that I found interesting, uh, probably most interesting about yesterday's game is um, I saw a lot of. Oregon State fans concerned about the running game being able to get going. Uh, but if you look at it, like Boise State really was loading the boxes. They, oh, yeah. Uh, the box. And they were they were having a bunch of players coming on different types of blitzes. Um, and it's just tough to get the running game going. But now that we see what Chance can do, and I think there are a couple of things, like the deep ball for sure, his decision making, um, but like being able to go through his progressions, that's really big too. Mm-hmm. Uh and now it's sort of pick your poison. And I don't think I would be really surprised if Fresno State loaded the box um, because just going off of the statistics from Cal Poly, like Cal Poly scored seven points against Fresno State. 
but they had a ton of yards against Fresno State and specifically their receivers yeah. uh, did fairly well. So I don't think that Fresno State can put their cornerbacks on an island out there. So I, I think we'll see a much better running or performance. Or they will. Or they will to open the game, to open the game. Yeah. Right? And, and, and organizations come out and, and test the waters. We're going to hand the ball off to Fenwick, see what happens. Yeah. And they're like, okay, yeah, they, they think we're going run game. That's our identity for the last few years. So, like, why yeah. would we not? And then, again, we're going to throw the same ball, and Harris is going to catch it. And that and that's that's going to be the difference of the game. Well, and think about it. Think about it this way, though. Like you have as a defense playing against Oregon State right now, you have to worry about the running game for sure. You have to worry about a quarterback who can take off at any point, and you have to worry about a legitimate slinger of a quarterback out there. I mean, that yeah. is a triple threat that um, it's really tough to game plan for. Yep. And will we be throwing that ball with chance, or throwing <laughs> it with? Did somebody Ooh. say, oh, John Moe? Done Moe. JP, please play five seconds of Killer Whale by Andre Nicotina. Yeah. Me, the part where he says, does somebody say Phil Moe? Did Mo? somebody say, oh, Phil Moe? <laughs> I am so heartbroken for you, oh, Benny. Man, I was so that excited. That they took that touchdown off. The, when you could, that was one of those beautiful plays where, you saw the snap and you saw Dunmore just shift two yards back and you, you knew it was going to be uh, <laughs> a backwards pass to Dunmore and you, you could just see it happening in slow motion. <laughs> and he just lasered that thing out on a rope to Trey low. Yeah. We love, we love John Dunmore jr. On this podcast. No one loves John Dunmore jr. Than Benny Weehage. I think we should. <laughs> Noah <laughs> loves John Dunmore Jr. done more than Benny Weehage. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that wordplay. You went ape shit in the after the Idaho game last year when he had a six yard reception. <laughs> His first statistic as an Oregon State Beaver. And he does not, I don't think he got a target in the passing game, but man. One of the most electric plays of the night, John Dunmo, John Dunmo Jr. Uh, night, nice throw. It was nice a nice throw, throw to low. Yeah, I, I, the Boise State defender made a great play to catch up to to low and stop him he short. Did. And that was the was the right call. But it was the right call. Trey, just a little bit more extension. <laughs> I, was, I, I meant it sincerely. When I was like, can't take this away. From Benny, there needs to be like one. You should get everyone gets one sports thing a year that doesn't really matter, but it's like, okay, I know this wasn't the accurate call, but it would just be so good for Benny to have this. I wanted oh. it for all of us, Beaver fan, but I wanted it mostly for you, Benny. Man, and it's like for for being a four star wide receiver recruit coming from Penn State, like you sometimes you forget he's on the team. He's just not talked about a whole lot. So it was number one, absolutely fantastic to see him on the field. Um, but number two, like, okay, he's not, he's not at the caliber that Lindsay or Harrison might be at, but use him in a different way. And um, yeah, I love it. It was a great play. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say, I will say if he's the player that they worked on this with to try and hit this you know, trick play, Mm -hmm. they're not just going to put him out in the offense 
no. to hit the trick play. So I this agree. shows he's worked hard enough on everything else to be in it. The the targets for him, very good point. Will will come. They're they're yeah. not just be like all right, like and then the Boise State defense goes, oh, I wonder what they're doing with this number 14 who hasn't seen the field yet. (laughs) I I saw him on the field a couple times. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he was on the field a couple times. We've got so many receivers. I remember seeing uh, Makaya Tung as well. And I I would would expect it's going to be a a case-by-case basis. And uh, hopefully these guys are are here for each other through the ups and the downs and the the eight target games and the one target games. Uh, But I think – Dunmore being the guy on that trick play shows like mm-hmm. he's close. He's close to earning that trust from yep. the coaching staff. And I think the script of the game will dictate that a little bit. This was also, this was a weird game. And when you jump out to the lead sort of that effortlessly, like things always kind of go a little pear shaped. And we, of yeah. course, were just trying. It felt like we were holding on for dear life, even though it was never less than a two possession game. So, so I have a question. Yeah. Uh, we're all numbers men here right we like we like numbers we like numer we like numerology or just this shape of numerals sometimes they're kind of cool looking but (laughs) this one this one is interesting chance nolan threw 251 yards for four off of 14 completions i mean even off of attempts his yards per attempt was just over 10. so if you're a numbers guy like us that's number Dunmore 10 Jr. and number 14. He <laughs> threw one for 41, which could have been more. Please play five seconds of Just the Two of Us by Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith wrote that song about Chance Nolan and John Dunmore Jr. foreseeing the 2022 <laughs> National Championship Oregon State season and the quarterback receiver duo that's going to take him there. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't know how um how Boise State's defense was supposed to be. I know good. their offense was supposed Pretty to be good. 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 Their defense yeah. was supposed to be good. Okay. Uh, I I thought so 34-17. Um I think that no matter how you shape it up is a comfortable win uh, on paper, but I, it, it wasn't, I mean, it was that close, but like the dot, I feel like the, the ceiling of Oregon state and the ceiling of, of uh, Boise state, like Oregon state showed that they are far and away the better team. And that is something I tr- like, I was not expecting that. I don't know about right. you guys, but like they, they were clearly the better team. You can take it, it. It's a two-way street with this where you can be like, oh, my God, we looked so sloppy with all of these penalties and these like dumb plays that you can't explain. Ten penalties for over 100 yards, six of them in the third yeah. quarter when we yeah. just couldn't put the game away. Uh, you can look at that as a, a negative or you can be like, all right, well, it's going to be pretty awesome when we're not committing all of those penalties. Right. And we are, we are putting the game away and we're making, uh, you know, tight, succinct drives and not doing this, you know, weirdo, like whatever. I do think some of the negative plays too, were us trying to stretch Boise state's defense East and West. And I yeah. think that bore fruit later in the game. I think that's maybe why you saw a lot of space for Coletto. Uh, Cause we were like, even that, <laughs> I think that lost uh, the. I'll say just to add one more mistake, the chance when he threw that ball, that ended in a six-yard loss for Anthony Gould. I'm picking nits here, but I'm just now <laughs> recalling. I'm just now recalling that play is why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. But I do. Th- you know, later, you know, Boise State sees the things that you like to do, and 
Uh, so I, you can't, you can never like tell what, what play influenced what play later on in a game. Yeah. So we shot ourselves in the foot a lot, but Hey, it's, 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 it's week one. It's week, week one. one. Can I also just, I, I know we don't talk a lot about this facet of the game, but special teams, our punter. Losher. Amazing. I've been seeing Losher's praises since last year. You, if you, if you like were, to jump yeah. on the Luke Losher bandwagon, there's lots of room. That's why I do like being risky with some of those plays uh, when we're about at midfield because the wor- you wanted to get points, obviously, with some of that great field position. But mm-hmm. with some of those plays that didn't work to convert on third down, the worst case scenario is you flip field not, position. Not, the, wor- the worst case scenario is a turnover return for a touchdown. The second okay. worst case scenario God, is a you turnover. are doomsdayer. So you most, just... I, no, I just I'm just seeing everything. All right, I worked in PR where you just worst case of, scenario is a turnover for, for a touchdown. Years, I was paid to, to, run run about, I was paid to think about different crises and how you'd react to them. There's a reason I needed years of therapy after getting out of that business. The most likely worst case scenario is you punt with Losher. And that's most likely a 40 to 45 yard net gain yeah. uh, in, flip, in flipping the field. Uh, he had he had one that was short by design later that kind of messed up his average. Uh, but he was he was pretty on the money uh, the, the whole game. And also, I believe Chance is a good quick kicker. So if we're on the edge of field goal range, not quite wanting to flip the field, I'm all about the quick kick with Chance as well. Also, nice. I would just well, love to see a punt go backwards again for the first time in a while. It'd be, it'd be fun. If it, not if, for if us. Yes, it would if that's strategy. Strategy. It's... <laughs> because the defense plays better when it's backed up in its own yes. zone than in the air. Yes. JP truly sees all of the angles. Yes. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we were all in agreement that the MVP after one week is punter Luke Losher. Luke, come <laughs> on down, get you, get your reward. Shout outs to Luke Losher. Uh, shout outs to Everett Hayes too. I know it wasn't a perfect uh, night for for the kicker, but uh, getting getting some field goals and hitting each extra point, uh, yeah. you're gonna win, you're gonna win a lot of games uh, converting at that. That rate so special teams on the night overall was good i felt like our yep. special teams coverage was good yep and uh there's a couple times like it seemed like josiah irish was close to popping one he didn't actually do Maybe. it but it looked like he was he getting has the close. potential and what yeah. about trey low was he gonna pop one did trey, trey low I, I wouldn't count the trick play pass as popping one because he just he ran the route deep so that does when I think of popping one, I feel like you're you're starting with the ball. Mm. Uh, he had one. What was his long? Is it on this uh, box score that I'm what, looking like at? On the kid, fifteen to rushing. nineteen. Oh f- wait, yeah. Oh, he had fifteen rushing and twelve on. Return. I feel like nah. He I, to say when you say before a game, yo, Trello's gonna pop one. You're thinking more than fifteen, but like. I think he had, he had, he had ooh, nice pop. <laughs> that 15 one was it's a, a nice way pop. different connotation of popping one it, than we had in college. He didn't pop <laughs> one, but he had a nice pop. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, and then I popped another one uh, to desperately get my way through this goddamn game uh, <laughs> until one in the morning. 
<laughs> no wonder you're still awake. You know what? I haven't gotten to sleep yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's Labor Day weekend. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> okay, quick oh, quick thoughts man. on the stadium, though. Quick thoughts. Do you guys have anything other than the camera angle? I know that it was low. It was uh, weird. Well, my yeah, favorite camera thing that I heard, camera angle is weird, but I feel like that's all, uh, that, that's, you know, unpreventable. Um, Carrie Eggers had some nice things to say about the press box on Twitter. I didn't hear any huge complaints. Um, the main thing now is the terrace, uh, from Sarah Elcano today on Twitter, the terrace, you do not need a ticket to walk yep. through the terrace. You don't. Uh, oh, the, nice. The, the 360 concourse is it's, 360. It's not, it's, it's not ready yet because the, that one side of the stadium still construction. The site. belligerent beef street. But, but, but you so could walk down you can, there. You can, you can see the bridge that will be the bridge to Beaver Street. No, so, belligerent beef uh, street. No, it's belligerent beef's alleyway. The alleyway is off the Beaver that's Street. That's where all by the, by the beer that's line. Where yeah. the, that's where all the fun is. Any the Randy <laughs> stuff it's goes like on. Oklahoma Randy. City. O- Oklahoma City like was Austin too Powers. conservative. It was too conservative of a city to name a street after Flaming Lips lead singer Wayne Coyne. So they named an alleyway after him. And he said, honestly, I prefer that. I'm more of an alleyway guy anyway. And I don't even really know what that means. Uh, and I wish I knew a Flaming Lips song so I could make JP play five seconds of one. JP, if you'd like to add some Flaming Lips, uh, pick no. the most rocking one ever. Okay, no. Um, anyway, uh, Beaver Street, or not Beaver Street, the terrace, you can just walk on through. So... I think this this answers our question for Oregon game. We're just going to get the cheapest tickets we can find, and we're just going to walk to the terrace. I'm going stand. to the USC game, too, by the way. Anyone down? Ooh. Oh, man. I kind of want to. Uh, the 24th? You mean the week after I'm already there? <laughs> Should yeah. I stay for another week? Why don't you just yeah. move back, loser? I'm just going to quiet quit my job and just <laughs> You have a job? It's like, fuck you. I know. <laughs> We're not going to talk about my job. We're not going to talk about my I job. I meant beyond this. Yeah, we, <laughs> we're raking it in on, on, on this. Um, yeah, I, I could I could maybe. Do it. But uh, I, I have one thought on the stadium. I was getting back to the stadium. And I want to say this because it, it actually has somebody that looks at like the, even like the artistic – style of a stadium or mm-hmm. whatever like i just like to analyze it from every perspective beyond just like the comforts or the sight lines or whatever i saw a photo from dead center the terrace as terry's been talking about looking south okay and you can see the old new side east side looking tall sharp and majestic you can see the new huge scoreboard looking <laughs> like the time you first got your HD TV sitting there with that rear projection sit on the floor large screen and then I look to the right of the photo and there it is the new side the west side and west side but uh that side yeah. That side looked like it should have been there forever, even in a skeleton of itself right now. It was like, this doesn't look out of place at all. And like, did, did the old West side look out of place? I couldn't even recall. And I think in my mind, I, that point was like, this is how research stadium has always supposed to look since they, since they raised it, since they raised research, this is how it's always supposed to look. And it looks great. There was a 
a small bit of fear in my mind. And look, there's a lot to still be done. But you can see the structure. You can see the shadow of what it's supposed to be. Yes. And there was a little bit of fear in my mind that it was going to look a little bit like it was 20 years ahead of its time because it nearly is, right, from from the original redevelopment of the east side. Yeah. It doesn't. It looks like it fits. It, it, it It's not a mere image, but it, it's – it fits and it fits Oregon so State and it fits Research Stadium and it's gonna it I can't wait for that to be completed. Uh, I'm not I this is gonna be one of those blips that we'll never remember. Like, oh remember the camera angle was like kinda lower this year and it was weird and the the press box that we're not allowed in uh was was a, a temporary like you know, building. We're never going to remember that. What we're going to remember is this looks like this is how it's always supposed to have been. So we're we're, we're going, we're we're going to the season opener in 2023. Oh yeah. Hands down. Like you have to. Yeah. Cause we're drinking the first beer on belligerent beaver street alleyway.com. So we, We are. Is that, a, is that a digital alleyway or? <laughs> it's a new NFT. Buy, <laughs> buy our NFT. We can't have the actual first beer in the stadium, but we can have an NFT of a beer that was in taken. the metaverse. <laughs> so I, I've been watching this YouTube channel that dissects stadiums oh, wow. of different leagues, right? Which I will send to you, JP. You'll like this. But uh, no, one I thing that it, I've I noticed. Want it too. Okay, Don't I'll send, send it to Terry. Don't I'll send it to you. Terry. I'll send it to you. So one thing that I've noticed, <laughs> one thing that I've noticed is stadium stadiums will uh, typically do this when they're doing a remodel versus like a, a tear down and new build. So when they're doing a remodel, they'll do one side, wait a couple years, and do the other side. And it's amazing to me how often it gets fucked up because, like you said, JP, like you're doing one side one year, and then it maybe ten years, fifteen years down the road, and it looks like a totally different style. Yeah. Um, and it goes a long way to have a stadium that looks symmetrical, that looks um, looks like it all fits together as opposed to like different pieces. And I think you had a stadium like that at, uh, with Parker Parker stadium, right? It was, it was sort of the, the, full bleacher, um, half bleacher. Brand. right, right. Yeah. It, it, but it worked together. Yeah. And so, but since they redid the East side, it has looked discombobulated and disconnected. And I don't think that a lot of people in Beaver nation, uh, realize how transformed formative this is going totally. to be it's just going to be a, such a new experience and it's going to make it feel like it it is a top tier stadium as opposed to like this looks like it could be a high school stadium in texas or something it will be a totally different feel i think a good point to that is when we rave about it for years the terrace is a great college football experience yes because one it was the, it was the first spot at research stadium to serve alcohol Two, it's an open space where you can mingle, you can walk yep. around, you can you can claim any bar height table or shelf you want, and that is going to continue all the way through Beaver Street. So you, Dude, you can, yes, you, it's it's like a five x extension of what is great about the terrace from end zone to end zone now. So yeah, it. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be so awesome. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. It will be interesting to see what the game day experience is like. I think I'll go down to the SC game with you guys. It will be really interesting to see what the game day experience is going to be like with a half of the stadium that's empty. Um, but 
the fans looked into the game more so last night than I've seen in a really long time. So it can't diminish from the experience too much. All right. We got to look ahead to Fresno State and we'll have more content coming on our various content channels this week, breaking down this game. But I think we need to revisit our predictions. Uh, JP predicted that we would lose to Boise State <laughs> and but but beat Fresno State. Yeah. I predicted we'd beat Boise State but lose to Fresno State. Benny, we of go. course, predicted we'd beat Boise State and then beat Fresno State. After right. we put we with a game in the books for both teams, Oregon State 34-17 victory against Boise State, Fresno State 35-7 victory against Cal Poly. Let's revisit and and now is a chance to make any changes. Just it, it won't change your your season total. It's not like we're betting on it anyway. But if you'd like to get uh, an addendum on the record, well, at least for this week, would you would you like for this week? Would you like to change anything you said, Benny? I think you have a pretty obvious choice. So we're just gonna start with you. Um, any, any anything I, I i didn't write your score down just that uh we you had us winning but prediction yeah. for oregon state at fresno mm. state uh in the value this week may not be as hot as we thought it would be you tweeted today you tweeted it looks like it's gonna be single digits yeah when you meant double digits i was like single, single digit down from triple digits single digits <laughs> sounds bad too in a lot of ways i deleted that tweet because i reread it uh, yeah Yep, I meant double digits. Uh, it will be uh, still hot. I, but here's the thing. So I, I think if you look at what Fresno State, how they played against Cal Poly, now Oregon State played against Boise State. Um, I do think that the matchup benefits Oregon State uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, um, Fresno State, they did only give up seven points, but they gave up a lot of yards uh, and a lot of yards in the air specifically. Um, so I think that chance could potentially have a field day, uh, out there. I also think, um, that their quarterback being immobile, um, is going to benefit Oregon state tremendously. Like he's not going to have the time to sit back there and just dink and dunk passes away. Uh, he will have pressure coming at him and he's going to be facing a secondary that, I mean, like. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I think it's the best secondary in the conference. Um, or at I least thought, a top two. I, th I thought you were about to say a different word that starts with a CO, but uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll maybe let a few more games take before think, we make that right. declaration. Agreed. Agreed. But I think that the, the secondary is not one that you're going to be able to throw for uh, 300 plus yards against um, just sitting back there. So uh, they show. didn't they didn't seem to establish the running game on Cal Poly either, uh, which I think is going to be absolutely essential if they want to have a shot against Oregon State. Um, but but to be fair, Oregon State does need to establish their running game on the road, too. Um, and, and Cal Poly didn't. Oregon State has a much better running game than Cal Poly. Um, it's. I think what what is going to be tough for Oregon State is playing in the Valley, though. Those fans are really, Rabin. really wild. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're yeah. I mean, they have the whole city behind and them. Shouts to those fans. I I, yeah. I love those fans every day when they're not playing Oregon State. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so, but okay, Benny, 
you took any point that JP or I could have made in in our analysis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you said it all, my friend. But what 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 is your what is your final prediction? Uh, my final prediction is Oregon State wins. Uh, I'm gonna say twenty. No, 31 to 21. 31, 21. John Patrick Bertram. Yeah, that's me. So I did say that we'd win this game. And I did say, though, that it would be a revenge game because uh, we were trying to. Because we lost there in like 2003. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, we also uh, were 0 and 6. Damn you, David Carr! <laughs> well, we're throwing we're throwing out the window that uh, the the losing streak for the season opener. We're throwing out the window the losing streak of Fresno still. So while well, we've never won there, period. Jonathan Smith has lost there, so we're 0 and 6 revenge for him since 1986. And uh, I think it will be 90, 90 plus degree heat. Which, Winterfest '86, which is which is single digits according to Benny. Um, <laughs> I did, I did. There's, there's <laughs> been three accidental hot tub time machine references on this episode. If you keep track at home, sorry for interrupting, JP. Please keep going. No, but I, I did say this is going to be the uh, Damian Martinez coming out party, and I do feel like that mm-hmm. is lining up quite nicely because a belligerent uh, beefs athlete, a belligerent beefs athlete. That's right. Um, I think he showed the most on Saturday. I really do. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're banking for the future, you give the guy the rock, and and you know even his fumble was like it wasn't like he just got it popped because I mean he was holding it pretty loose. But like I looked at me, it wasn't a fumble though. I know, but I mean the the initially ruled fumble. But what it looked like to me was he was trying to get the first down, and so I like that eagerness. I like that hungriness. So. Um, I did say we'd win 45-38. That was my score. And I thought that was going to be another close one that we were finally going to sneak through. I actually do think we'll still score 45, but I think it's going to be 45-28. Ooh. Okay. I have a much more low-scoring game. I got us winning 23-16. to I do think that Damian Martinez coming out party is coming. I think in this hostile environment, we're going to go with the most reliable – source of offense and that's going to be a hell of a lot of luke musgrave i think this is a big musgrave game i'm thinking double digit receptions uh more than 100 yards and maybe even two touchdowns and the rest of the team holding on and uh making making that work i have a i predicted we'd lose uh (laughs) but i stand i i i've been i've been flipped i've been flipped uh this I I did not think the defense was going to play nearly as well as they did. So what you're saying is you were wrong. Night. I'm wrong. This defense is this this defense is already better than I thought it was going to be. I will predict a 24 to 16 victory, two chance Nolan touchdowns to Luke Musgrave, uh, another touchdown by I'll say Fenwick. Uh, not Hayes. Damian. Fenwick what? Fenwick for this one. For, okay. I'm, it's, flowers for Fenwick. Oh, ha- hashtag flowers for Fenwick. Yeah. Okay. We there, do love there's, there's, there's gonna be like a thousand more touchdowns this season, Benny. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying. You said it was the Damian Martinez coming out. I know. I know. I, I, no, right I, no, I I said the Damian Martinez coming out party is coming. I meant oh, that as this later. is the this is the Luke Musgrave statement game. I think Luke Got Musgrave. Oh. We've we've already sort of had that, but I think I I believe it's coming. But later this year, I think okay. this is a this is a hell of a lot of Luke Musgrave. 
I don't. I think we probably see something similar where we don't see a running back, a single running back, running back eclipse fifty, but each one gets between you know thirty forty five, uh, in just efficient work, and I, I'll say Fenwick gets the gets the touchdown. Uh, Fenwick's got the nose for the goal line. Uh, he learned from the best in BJ Baylor's uh, behind him last year, and uh, had 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 a nice touchdown run this week as well. So I'm saying twenty four sixteen victory. Benny, it looks like you have one more point to make. Then we've got a shout out to make. And then I think we do need to get out of here. Yep. So the point that I was going to make is uh, Pac-12 yesterday had uh, three games that were nationally televised. You had uh, Oregon, Georgia. uh, You had Utah, Florida. And you had us and Boise State. And you know what? Who played the best out of those three teams, Benjamin? The point point (laughs) that I'm going to make is this, is – Everyone is so quick to want to say Oregon State's going to be the odd man looking out with this conference realignment. We save the conference. We save the conference uh, to a certain degree in terms of optics of week one yesterday. We were the case. Um, I bet the odds makers $100 we could get through a whole episode without mentioning realignment. Sorry. Damn it. Sorry. Damn it. (laughs) It, 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 I, I think that it's, uh, I think it's a valid point though. I think that, um, the PAC 12 looked really bad, uh, on a national scale. I, uh, I, I don't know how, I disagree. Uh, Finish your point. Dude, I, uh, I think okay. Oregon looked really bad on a national scale. I think Utah played in a hell of Utah a game. Utah looked good. Yeah. Dude, I, you can't be a top 10 team and can, lose to a top though. 20 to, to lose to a team outside the top 25 and have but a the, good but, showing. It's not they didn't a, look terrible, but they, that, if you watch the game, though, they didn't look bad. And rankings right now are bullshit because they were made when no one had watching these teams play. Anthony Richardson might win the Heisman. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I agree with you that Florida should like if, uh, was overlooked. Florida was overlooked. If, if if Florida's ranked like twelfth at the end of the year, that loss doesn't look bad. And I think. Oregon looked awful against Georgia. Okay, but yeah. but you have but you have uh, Colorado on Thursday night, which looked like dog shit. Yeah, um, always going to be you, dog shit. You had yeah, Wazoo that was you had Wazoo that was down at the half to or uh, at least down at a certain point ten to zero against Idaho. My point is this: is like Oregon State is dismissed so easily. Um, but in terms of optics, uh, Oregon State at least gave the Pac-12 um not not an 04 on on nationally televised game which i think is something right will they give us credit no but nah. they should no, they just give us a pixelated picture that the pac-12 tweets out no they'll still <laughs> okay, ensure so that we stay on cbs sports network next week yeah yeah i that i is there any chance that game can get flexed it's at 9 30 p.m central time again what else is happening at that moment Sports Center with Scott Van what Pelt. Is, what is CB? What is main, main CBS playing at that time? I think uh, that people, people, people are all CSI busy buying our smells C- like beaver candle. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're spending their time shopping. That's just the American way. Yeah, they are. stocking stuff are coming right we your way. We open Terry. the 2023 football slate, uh, home slate, Saturday, September 9th against UC Davis. When uh, belligerent beeves alleyway on Beaver Street opens, <laughs> so uh, we will be there. We will also be at several games before that, uh, including 
the next game that they play in the state of Oregon uh, in Portland against the Montana State Bobcats at Providence Park, the home of the Portland Timbers and Portland Thorns. Uh, sounds like a lot of listeners and the Beaver fam will be uh, in attendance for that. So that's going to be exciting. That's awesome. Uh, thank you uh, again for tuning in to another episode of the Belligerent Peace Podcast. Before we get out of here, uh, just got to give a quick shout out to the Oregon State volleyball team. Let's go. And uh, yep. Mikhail Vernon uh, for beating Bama. Yeah, we Bama. Bama. The other day, we want Bama. We got them, and we beat Bama. Shout out to Beaver Volleyball uh, and Mikhail Vernon, who led the way with twelve kills. Uh, JP, you're a high school volleyball player. Star, you forgot to say star. Star, oh, oh, oh yeah. shit, star volleyball player for the great Unipero Sarah High School. I, who I won all like... ESPNU the other night against the LaSalle High School for the first time in yeah, the history yeah. oh, of the football programs? Yeah, Unipero yeah, Sarah. Good. When yeah. you think Yanipero Sarah, you think Tom Brady. Volleyball. Football. <laughs> you think Barry Bonds, baseball. And Lynn Swan. Lynn Swan. Swan. Great Jeffries. And and the fourth the fourth head. It should be Great Jeffries. Rushmore. JP Bertram volleyball. Yeah. Setter. Didn't you didn't you play against Chase Budinger in volleyball? Even if you, you did, didn't yeah. just say you did. We did, yeah. You did. Yeah. Did yeah. you beat him? Uh we might have. We were pretty good. I don't right. remember if we beat him. We played him in a tournament. He was just tall. <laughs> like, just that was it. Tall. That's all he had. I, yeah. I've, I've seen Chase Budinger in person before. He, I, I think he's just tall is a great way to describe <laughs> Chase Budinger. <laughs> but Pac-12 guy nonetheless bared down Arizona Wildcats. Uh, shout out. Well done, Oregon State Volleyball. Uh Thank Hell you, yeah. Beaver fam. Uh, this episode went out longer than we anticipated, which is a theme. If you are a new listener, we do not record short episodes because we just bliss out and vibe, especially the 1-0 and o vibes, the undefeated mm. football vibes, the first season opening win in six years vibes, baby. This has been a joy and a pleasure. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and we will have more for you uh, throughout the week. Uh, we're, uh, we'll be joining a Fresno State podcast uh, later on this week. Uh, we'll be sure to let you guys know where you can find our uh, conversation with those fine folks. Uh, and also, we'll have other stuff coming to you from the dive. Of course, you know we can't go a week without new merch, so uh, hit us up on belingerbeeves.com slash merch. Uh, new stuff uh, coming by the day, by the day. Mm. Uh, so yeah, get get a head start on your on your holiday shopping. Why why wait until the last minute and or you just find something for yourself? Uh, there'll be new articles uh, coming uh, to the dive and some more supplemental audio content as well. If you have any feedback for for us, by the way, on any of the new things we've added, uh, hit us up in our Discord. Hit us up in our DMs. Hit us up in belligerentbeeves at gmail dot com we'd love to hear from you uh enjoy hope everyone enjoyed the game last night hope you enjoyed a victory sunday uh have a safe but fun as hell labor day uh assuming that this is coming out sometime on labor day or i hope you had a safe and fun labor day um <laughs> uh, for the belligerent beeves podcast my name is terry horseman at terry horseman on twitter and at terence horseman on the instagrams joined as i always am by my co-host benjamin lawrence sebastian Weehage in tacoma washington he's benny bedlam because he's fucking crazy folks crazy <laughs> he True. was Woo! at parker stadium when it was bedlam at parker stadium 
and Benny with the good, good quaff, Benny Scoops, uh, at BennyL1986 on Twitter and Instagram as well. And, of course, uh, traveling somewhere along the uh, the western seaboard is our traveling man uh, and merch and producer extraordinaire, J.P. Bertram, at the underscore trio underscore J on Twitter, because he's too trio to be real, folks, and at J.P. Bertram on Instagram. Please like, subscribe, rate, review, five stars only on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. Join our Patreon. Hit us up in our Discord. That group is growing. So fun to interact with uh, everyone in the Beaver fam. And please share the show with a friend. Uh, we'll, we'll come at you with other stuff this week online. And also, uh, before we record again, halftime Twitter spaces. When, uh, during the Oregon State-Fresno State game against those pesky Bulldogs in the Valley next week. Thank you once again for tuning in. Enjoy this 1-0 victory week of Oregon State football. And on top of that, great time to remind everyone that you cannot, you cannot, categorically cannot spell chop them without hope. So chop them. Chop them. Chop them. Bring back Bernice. <laughs>